Good evening, listeners, and you're welcome along to Across the Line here on Tip FM with myself, Paul Carroll, on this Friday, the 15th of December, 2023. Plenty to look forward to on this evening's show. As always, there's plenty of sport happening across the Premier County. We've actually a lot of Gaelic games happening this weekend, particularly on Sunday. Uh, we'll look ahead, or I'll run through those fixtures later in the show. We also have a massive rugby game tomorrow. Nina Ormond, top of Division 2A, head down to Spafields to play second-placed Cashel in the last game of the 2023 calendar year uh, before the Christmas break. So a massive game of rugby tomorrow. And it is going to be live here on Tip FM from half past two with thanks to Davern's Baron Kitchen, Main Street, Cashel. Stephen Gleeson will be on commentary duty there and he'll have Pat O'Donoghue and Tommy Moylan alongside him. And Tommy Moylan of Nina Ormond will join us on the show uh, a bit later on to preview that game, as will the Cashel head coach, Ray Maloney. So we're going to be really much, very much building up to uh, tomorrow's game on tonight's show. We're also going to be looking ahead to Greyhound Racing with Barry Drake towards the end of the show, as we always do, and uh, running through the rest of the sporting fixtures uh, in Tipperary this weekend. But we're going to start today's show with darts. It is uh, pretty much Christmas Day for darts fans. It is the uh, 15th of December. It's the start of the World Darts Championship. And there's particular interest in this year's competition if you're from Tipperary because Dylan Slevin, the 21-year-old Bursacane man, is making his debut on Sunday evening at around quarter past seven. He's going to be taking on Germany's Florian Hempel. So I'm sure all eyes will be watching uh, Sky Sports uh, on on Sunday evening to see uh, Dylan Slevin make his PDC World Darts Championship debut at the Alexandra Palace. I'm delighted to say that I'm actually going over to it. Uh, I got a media pass for the event, so I'm very much looking forward to uh, going over to Alexandra Palace to see a tip man play in the World Darts Championship for the first time. Uh, really looking forward to that. So I'm going to be heading over to London tomorrow. Again, that's on Sunday evening. And uh, we're going to start by building up to that game and the championship in general. And I'm delighted to say yesterday I spoke with, uh, from the weekly darts cast, Burton DeWitt is his name. He's the co-host of the weekly darts cast, one of the biggest podcasts uh, in the uh, darts sporting world. And I would recommend that if you're interested in your darts and, or, or just interested for the Christmas um, with the World Darts Championship on, uh, check the lads out at weekly darts cast on uh, Twitter and you'll find links to their to the podcast the lads do. But I caught up with Burton yesterday. He's uh, living over in Washington, D.C. in America. So I caught up with him yesterday evening to preview Dylan Slevin's game and also look ahead to the championship in general. So let's hear from my conversation with uh, darts analyst Burton DeWitt. For a darts fan, it's pretty much kind of Christmas Eve now, the World Darts Championship just around the corner and uh, kind of this is it now, the, the big one is here. Yeah, I mean, I call it Dartsmas because it's it's the holiday that I care most about each year. It's the best uh, two to three weeks of the year and it's what it's what I've spent all of 2023 waiting for in some regards. Yeah, and it kind of it's set up to be such a good tournament. So many of the top players are pretty much in good form. But before we kind of look at a, an overview of of the tournament in general, we'll, we'll focus on our own our own interest here in Tipperary. Of course, Dylan Slevin um, qualified for the the PDC tour earlier in the year, uh, got his tour card, and uh, he's he's had a good start. I think the Players Championship number two, he got to the semi final, or was it number one? He got to the semi final, and that kind of uh, kick started his his career in the pro ranks. But he managed to make his TV debut uh, a couple of weeks ago at the at the Grand Slam or at the Players Championship Finals, I should say. Um, and now he goes in here against uh, Florian Hempel. But first timers at the the Alexandra Palace, it's kind of a it's a big deal, and it's uh it's kind of hard to know how players will adapt on their their first time on the big stage. Exactly, it, it's something that means that this match might be more unpredictable than it might otherwise be. You just don't know how someone um, is going to take 
to that stage with all the pressure of the world championships. But that said, it's as you mentioned, he played in the players' championship finals, got in as actually one of the alternates to that event just a few weeks ago. And he's played on the big stage before. He qualified for seven of the 13 European tour events this year. Um, and you, you know, to qualify the, for those, you have to win two or three matches. Um, and if you don't win, if you lose in those qualifiers, you don't get anything. Qualifying, you get over a thousand pounds just for qualifying. So like there's a lot of pressure on those. And then you go out in front of potentially, you know, a few thousand uh German fans who are just going crazy. So that will have trained him well, but you just don't know how someone's gonna play on debut in the world championships because it's just it's just an entirely different set of conditions and pressures. Yeah. And like how the rankings work in, in in for listeners in darts terms is the order of merit and earning money and whatever. But this is a, a massive tournament for that because the, the loser of this match is guaranteed seven and a half grand and, and the winner of it, uh, whoever, whoever loses the second round is guaranteed 15,000. Uh, so it's an essentially a seven and a half thousand uh, pounds game of darts. But um, the only thing about that for Dylan is he has the two year tour card. So there's not as much pressure on him going into this as maybe some other players because other players need to get the the wins up to push the ranking up and things like that. So that element is kind of a, an advantage coming in for someone uh, who's on their first year in the tour. Absolutely. And, and, and you mentioned that it's a two-year ranking he's guaranteed and his opponent, uh, or so I should say he's guaranteed because he still has another year. His opponent, on the other hand, um, has been on the tour for a few years now. And as things currently stand, he actually needs to win the match just to have a chance. He's the top 64 in the world keep their tour card. He's currently set to be 67th. If he wins, the best he can be is 64th unless he wins another match, which means uh, all the pressure in that regard is on uh, uh, his opponent in this match. Yeah, and his opponent, we should mention Florian Hempel, um, who's a, a German. He qualified uh, just in one of the, the last qualifying events uh, for this. And world number 59 he's played here twice already and each of the two years he's played the last couple of years he's won his opening round games at last the second round last last year to luke humphreys who's kind of the informed player in the world right now but uh he definitely has the experience advantage going in here yeah and you and you mentioned that he came through that uh uh, that last chance qualifier was held uh, just a couple weeks ago, the day after the Players' Championship final, day after Luke Humphreys won that to win his third major. Um, so in a way, so I should say that qualifier is for the players who have a tour card but haven't yet qualified for the World Championship. So that's, you know, about half of the players will end up having to go to that Uh um, Dylan didn't have to because he had already qualified through his results over the year. So in a way, these are the players who have struggled over the course of the year. Uh, but I think his opponent actually comes in despite that playing some really good darts at the moment. Uh, over the last three months of the season, um, he stepped his game up significantly. He was playing more at that level that he was playing at the last couple of years. You mentioned those two prior qualifications for the world championships. That's because he looked a really good player a couple of years ago. He looked like the next German superstar. For the first nine months of this year, he regressed significantly. Uh, but in his last 23 matches, 18 of them, he's played above his seasonal average. He averaged over 100 uh, to qualify beating Alan Suter in the final of the qualification in that tournament. Uh, people who don't remember, Alan Suter for the last two years made it to the last 16 at the World Championships. So a very good player. And he averaged over 100 in that match. So he's coming in not just with the experience, but with um, playing some really good darts at the moment after what was not a good first nine months of the year. 
Yeah, so that's that's probably bad news for for us uh, Dylan Slevin supporters. But um, I'm sure Dylan, it's it's one of those things like it's just impossible to predict really when they go out on the big stage because from your experience being at the World Championships and being at different European tour events, like how different is it? Because you always hear Alexandra Palace, it's the big big stage. How different is it just uh, from from the normal events? I, th- I think the Euro Tours are a good comparison because they are like a party. The World Championships, it's really just a two and a half week long party uh, because it's, you know, it's over uh, the Christmas holidays, the New Year holidays. So people um, are able to not just in the UK, but, you know, from Germany, come take uh, take a holiday and go and just drink and have a great time. Um, and it creates a rowdy environment which the Euro tours are famous for. The Euro tours are just, they're not obviously a three week event. They're just a weekend. They start um, with the exclusion of the one over Easter. They start on Friday afternoon, they end Sunday evening. So it's just uh, a one long uh, bender for the fans and sometimes for the players, unfortunately. Um, So it actually creates a very similar atmosphere in that regard. Um, But on the other hand, it does they don't have nearly the same pressure that this event does and i think you know you can feel a tension just being in the venue at a world championship especially as you get to the later stages but even early on especially for a player who's playing in that first round his first ever match there is a tension that just isn't there on the euro tour um and it creates a type of uh i guess electricity uh that doesn't exist in the euro tour and it obviously doesn't exist in other events that uh, might not have that same feel yeah, so uh, Dylan is playing um, Saturday, Sunday evening, so it'll be uh, just after seven o'clock our time. Um, the bookmakers have Florian Hempel as the favourite for this. You're on the outside looking in. I'm not going to ask you to p- make a, a home pick of him or anything, but just from the outside looking in, who do you think, what way do you think this could go? Or would you say that Florian Hempel being the favourite would be, would be the right call uh, as you see it? I, I do think it's the right call. And I was trying to figure out like what I thought were like, if I would put a percentage on a percentage odds on it. And I think maybe he's about a 60% chance to win this just because he comes in playing um, his best darts of the season. Um, Dylan, you know, he's, he's definitely done better when the pressure is more on. I mentioned those European tour qualifiers. Uh, he qualified for seven of those 13. He also averaged about a point and a half more in those European tour qualifiers than he did in his average matches. Um, and that means that it seems like he does step up his game when he needs to. Um, and he's still young. I think he still has much ground to go. But I think just right now, if they were to play this match 10 times, I think Florian would win six of them and Dylan four. But I think it is a very competitive um, and even match on paper. Um, just because, I, especially when you add in the fact that Florian Hempel is fighting for his career in this match. And that could mean that uh, the pressure gets to him more than it will get to Dylan. Yeah, so it sets up to be a really exciting game. And I'm going over to it on Sunday myself. So uh, I can't wait to uh, experience the whole thing and uh, experience uh, Dylan uh, playing on the big stage and maybe get to meet uh, himself and his family before and after the event. It should be it should be a great um, it should be a great occasion and I'll try and get as much out on, on Tip FM as I can uh, over next week. But also playing Sunday night is Luke Humphreys, who is the most informed man in the game of darts. He's won three of the last four uh, TV tournaments, I'm nearly sure. He's the tournament favorite going in. Um, cool hand Luke, is there a way he can be 
do you think this is his year? But it's kind of it's different going into the world as favorite, I think, as well, though, for someone who hasn't won. So it's really interesting to see how he's going to go in this tournament. Yeah, it, it's it's a new position for him. Um, he obviously was never the favorite before winning his first major, although he's been dominant in the European tour and he's been the favorite in some of those. Uh, but even after winning the World Grand Prix um, back in October, he went to the Grand Slam, I think, as the second or third choice. Very, very close, but he didn't enter that event the favorite. Uh, Gurren Price, who's won it three times, entered that event as the favorite. Uh, but Luke Humphreys just destroyed pretty much everything in his path on the way to that title. And then he went to Minehead the following week for the Players' Championship final for the first time as the favorite. And he had a couple tight matches, and Michael Van Guren in the final had a chance to beat him. But Luke never seemed to never looked like he was letting the pressure get to him of being the favorite. He lived up to his nickname, Cool Hand Luke. And he, I just don't see a reason not to think that that same thing will happen at the World Championships, which isn't to say he can't get beat. He absolutely can be beat. He nearly lost that final to Michael Van Guren. Uh, and that could happen. He could play Van Guren in the semifinal. He could average 100, 405, but still go out if Van Guren does that right back at him because well, MVG absolutely can do that. So I'm not saying that he's unbeatable. He absolutely is unbeatable, even if he's playing well. But I don't I don't think the pressure is going to get to him. I don't think his game is going to drop. You're going to have to go out and play at his level if you're going to beat him. And sure, over a set or two, almost anyone in this field can do that. But especially as we get into the later rounds and you have to win five sets in the quarter, six in the semi, seven sets in the final, there are fewer and fewer people who can do that. And it's going to require just that much more of a monumental performance to beat him because I don't think he his game is going to drop. Yeah, so do, do you see him as your winner? Is he someone you would, would see as, as the winner of this tournament or is there someone else you kind of fancy? I, I can't see a reason to pick against him. Um, I think it's the safest pick. I think he, he he should be the favorite. I think the biggest challenge for him will be, assuming Michael Van Guren gets to that semifinal, that semifinal, because I think they're both going to be hungry and they're both going to bring their best game. They obviously brought the best out of each other in that final in Minehead. Um, and for those who didn't watch it, uh, MVG was ahead most of the way, but then Luke won the last four legs to win 11-9 or 11-8 in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but they both brought the best out of each other in that match. Michael Van Guren threw a nine-darter in it, uh, and it still wasn't enough. So I, I can see him getting beat, but I'm not picking against him. I, 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 I picked him in Minehead. I picked him in, uh, well, did I, I can't recall if I picked him in the Grand Slam, but I definitely picked him in Minehead, and I'm definitely picking him here because I think I think he is the most likely, and I don't see where he gets beat. Yeah, and you mentioned um, Michael Van Gerwen there. He's actually in the same quarter of the draw as uh, Dylan Slevin, but um, if Dylan was to beat Florian Hempel in the first round, he'd go on to play Dimitri Vandenberg uh, in the second round. That's the seed there. Just if, uh, if that was to happen, Dimitri Vandenberg, he's... A player has kind of been in and out of form by the looks of things this year. Yeah, he's, his season started really well, and that's why he got into the Premier League off of his great run at the World Championships last year, some other big runs last year. Uh, but he's really started to struggle um, over the last few months. Um, in his last 31 matches on tour dating back to the middle of July, he's been below his season average in 20 of them. That's about two-thirds of the time. Uh, his 
that he, which means that right now his performances keep decreasing. That said, he got two very good wins at Minehead that maybe will get his mind right and might get his confidence back. In the first round, he beat Jim Williams, who I actually think is one of the players who is on the verge of a breakout. He's a Welsh player. He actually won a tournament out of nowhere in his first season on tour last year, made a final recently this year. I think Jim Williams is going to have a breakout year next year, um, but he beat uh, but Dimitri beat him in the first round there. And I thought that's a great win. And then he followed it by beating Gary Anderson, who's had his best year in five or six years this year. So there is, you know, currently Dimitri might be starting to get some form back and some confidence back. But overall, he's been struggling for a while. And on paper, um, looking at current form, whoever wins that uh, match between Dylan Slevin and Florian Hempel, I think we'll have a very good chance to pull that upset. Yeah, so uh, let's hope we have uh, Dylan in there to look forward to that. But um, thanks a million, uh, Burton, for joining us here. If anyone wants to hear from you throughout the uh, course of the campaign uh, championship, I'm sure you'll be doing podcasts and things like that, will you? Yeah, the current schedule would be that we're going to try to record one episode probably on around the 24th of December. So it'll be out maybe Christmas Day, and then we'll do one after the quarter, or sorry, before the quarterfinals on New Year's Eve. Um, it's just hard. There's no time really to record except during those short breaks there because there's always darts to watch. But we'll we'll try to get a couple episodes out and uh, hopefully uh, get some of the players who are still in. But that's that's all to be determined because who knows who'll still be in at that point. So it's also very much to look forward to. So if you want to uh, hear from uh, Burton and his co-host uh, Alex uh, throughout the uh, World Championships at Weekly Darts Cast, uh, you'll find all the links there. Uh, Burton, thanks a million for joining us on the show tonight. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And that was my conversation with Burton DeWitt there yesterday, looking ahead to the PDC World Darts Championship. Not long to go now, just about an hour's time the first game gets underway. And then Sunday, a reminder, quarter past seven, Dylan Slevin of Versa Kane against Germany's Florian Hempel. And uh, very much wish Dylan the very best of luck on uh, Sunday evening. Now it's time for our first ad break. We're going to be looking ahead to Saturday's big rugby game after these. And you're very welcome back to part two of Across the Line here on Tip FM with myself, Paul Carroll, on this Friday, December the 15th, 2023. Now, tomorrow at half past two in Spafield in Cashel, one of the biggest rugby games of the year, Nina Ormond against Cashel. Both teams occupying the top two spots in Division 2A of the AIL. And it is the last game before a four-week Christmas break. So it all sets up to be a massive game. Nina leading the division with Cashel just behind them. To look ahead to the game, I'm going to be joined by one of the men who's on co-commentary duty a reminder that the match is live on Tip FM here tomorrow at 2.30pm with thanks to Davern's Bar and Kitchen Main Street Cashel. Tommy Moylan is going to be on co-commentary duty and he joins me on the line now. Tommy, you're very welcome back to the show. Thanks very much, Paul. Tommy, it's uh, just uh, reading through the, the Nina Gargin this week and the headline read that uh, Ormond's fairy tale run continues with eight straight wins and probably has to be described as a bit of a fairy tale run because eight wins from eight, it's been, it's been really something else to start the season here for Nina Ormond. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what Nina have done this year is actually built on last year and, and even built on the last couple of seasons. Um, you know, they've strengthened their squad. Um, they have a really good, strong um, first-team squad this year, but also have a really good under-20s team and a good second team as well. So we're, 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 we're fielding three teams mostly against, which is really good. And I think that's a, that's a, a reflection of, of our under-age structure that's put in a huge amount of effort in the last 
in the last number of years and we're beginning to reap the benefits of it and, and certainly building on last year our successful run in the league last year getting to the playoffs and obviously getting to that Munster Senior Cup final as well has, has given the confidence uh, great confidence I think to the players and to the coaching staff as well and, and they really started had a great first half of the season so far yeah, and because that was kind of the talk coming into the year, is like, right, can we build? Can we build on last year and and how how good last year was? And in fairness to to all involved, it clearly it clearly has. And something that also t- took my eye was in uh, uh, Thomas Conway's piece in the Guardian that said like something different about this team this year that there was there was just a bit more of a spark in them. Is that something you'd agree with? Do you see something maybe maybe different in this team this year compared to last year? Yeah, I, I think I think I think it's confidence really, and I think last year's the really good season last year has given has given the players a lot of confidence and they're playing with a lot of confidence as well. Um, and I, I suppose a couple of the younger players as well who would have come through our underage structure um, and maybe have joined the club in the last year or two, um, you know, are really beginning to show um, um, and come through this year, which is really which which is really good, and and it's great to see. And and we have. We're beginning to have a little bit of strength all over the field, um, which is really good. Obviously, we, we Brent Pope has come to play with us this year. He's come to New Zealand, going really well at number ten for us. Um, you know, um, we have a really good, strong front row and options in our front row as well. You know, like we're we're fielding we're fielding six front row forwards every week, which is really good, and they're being rotated. Um, so that's given us a little bit of strength in in, in numbers as well and strength in depth. Yeah, no, and and so important because. Although the, these games come in in usually kind of three weeks in a row, then a break off, but three weeks in a row of rugby at that standard is very taxing. So as many bodies as necessary is a, is always a help. But last weekend, uh, Greystones came down to Nina and it was a massive win for Nina, 38 points to five, I believe is the final score there. And it just kind of continues on the theme of Nina this, this year in terms of the, the points difference at the minute. They've 36 points from the eight games and a plus 187 points difference. So it's not just a matter of, of beating teams and, and scoring lots of tries, but it's really good defensive rugby, uh, clearly on the other side of the field as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as I say, up from a rate range, we've had four, four uh, try bonus points out of those eight ranges. It's really good. Um, but I think our defence has really um, come, come true this year. You know, um, I think we've only had 68 points scored against us in our eight games so far this year. Um, the lowest in the AIL in, in, in Division in Division 2A. Um, so our defence has, has, has been really, really strong this year, um, as well as scoring points. And I think we're, we're the top scorers in the AIL at 255 points after last weekend as well. So, you know, a combination of both our defence and our attack play has been really satisfying this year. But that said, I think looking forward to the game on, on, on Saturday with Cashel, Cashel have a really good defensive team as well. Um, you know, I think they're second in, in the table um, for, 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 for points scored against them as well. So I, I think this, t- this game on Saturday is really going to come down to the defences of both teams and which defence gets on top and can, can stop either team from scoring. Yeah, because as I mentioned, you're in first place, 36 points. Cashel second place, 31 points, but they're plus 97 uh, points difference. So they're in uh, not as good a form. Well, they've won their last seven, I believe. I think they or well, they haven't won their last seven, but they've won seven of their eight games. So their their form is fairly impeccable as well. And this is a rivalry that has kind of uh, it's been in the same division a good few years now, playing each other year in year out. I, I believe Cashel won in Nina last year, and you won in Cashel last year. So. It's it's just a, a rivalry that's really kind of developed in recent years. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose over the last number of years, Cash have, have got the upper hand on Nina. 
um, but we've managed to turn that around um, in the last year or two. And as I say, it, it was it was um, the spoils were shared last year. Um, as I say, we we both won away, um, which 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 was really good. And as I say, uh, we got through the playoffs. Um, um, Cashel came in fifth in the in in the table last year, just missed out in the playoff spot. Um, we came in third. So so I suppose we got the upper hand in them last year. Um, but as I say, Cashel have had a really good start to the season as well. They've seven wins out of eight. Actually, their first the first their their, their last this year was the first game of the season away to Banbridge. Mm. Um, so you know you can forgive teams like that. Start the season first game away not an easy place to go to Banbridge up north for your first match um, but they have certainly turned things around they've won seven on the trot now like, like ourselves and, and, and as I say you know I, I think the defence of both teams this game will come down to a defence two big packs as well two good strong packs as well so I do think whichever pack gets the upper hand on Saturday and as I say whichever defence can, can shine through um, I, I think we'll, we'll decide who, who wins this game but it's going to be very close either way Yeah no it's something that uh, we can very much look forward to but uh, going down to Smathfield we often hear that like you know going into last year's game in Smathfield it was very much oh Nina have kind of a poor record down in Smathfield and things like this what is it about going down there that kind of makes things difficult for the for the away teams Oh well, I, I think it's, it's like it's like every match in in this division. You know, sometimes when 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 you go away and you play away from home, regardless of how good your form is, going away and playing away from home in this division is a tough is a tough ask for anybody. And sometimes, you know, it comes down to having a good kicker in your side and coming away with a losing bonus point can be a good day's work. Um, you know, when when you go away from home, and Sparfield is a very difficult. You know, it's a very difficult. Um, venue to go to to play you know there's a always cash always have a really good vocal home crowd um you know and 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 their team make it extremely difficult as well and and as i say you know cash are a really good side they've shown their form in the last number of years as i said they've they've had the upper hand in us over over the last seven or eight years um since since they came into to, to division two way along with ourselves um, however, you know we probably got the upper hand last year, and, and we'd be hoping to to try and build on that. And and it's the confidence of getting an away win um, in Cashel last year. I think will stand to will stand to to to, to Nina um, as well. That, you know they know how to win away from home. That's the really good thing about this year's team. They know how to win away from home, um, and the wins away from home as well. They picked up a couple of lose our try bonus points as well away from home, which is really good. And we we hope that you know from a Nina point of view we carry that into the game on Saturday. Yeah. But either way, it's going to be a really Really, it's going to be a titanic battle. Yeah, and, and just before I let you go, Tommy, we have a um, just kind of I, I know myself from from talking to, to different lads and things like that that uh, Nina might be down a couple of bodies due to lads having exams and things like that uh, over the weekend. So um, I believe the likes of Connor McMahon and Dylan Murphy might might not be able to play. So if uh, they aren't to be involved, they're going to be uh, a serious loss, uh, especially Connor McMahon with his with his prowess off the off the tee so far this year yeah absolutely Conor McMahon has been kicking really well this year as well as scoring tries I think Conor has, has scored three tries this year but but he's he's kicked he's kicked his penalty goals and his conversions for us this year um, which which has been really important yeah listen you know we, we have a number of students on our team and, and I suppose they're coming up to Christmas exams college exams as well so, so it may be difficult um, no team has been announced yet here Nina probably won't be announced till after training tonight and we'll probably get the team tomorrow but yeah the talk is that, that maybe just because of, of exams um, we, 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 we could be we could be without one or two players but that said as I, as I said at the start one thing about Nina this year is, is they've built their squad um, and they have 
build strength and depth into their squad as well. So in fairness, there's people to step in there, um, you know, um, and, um, you know, we, 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 we would hope that, you know, even if guys aren't available um, this, 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 this weekend, you know, other, other players will step into their place and, um, and, and hopefully we'll, we'll give a good accord to themselves. Yeah, well, Tommy, it builds up to be a really, really uh, great game of rugby to kind of finish off what's been a great 2023 for Nina Ormond. So uh, we're looking forward to hearing you uh, with Stephen Gleeson and uh, Pat O'Donoghue on the commentary team uh, on Saturday afternoon. But for now, Tommy, uh, thanks for joining us on Across the Line. Thanks very much, Paul. Tommy Moylan there of Nina Ormond looking ahead to tomorrow's big game down in Cashel. We're going to continue our look ahead to tomorrow's game between Nina Ormond and Cashel. After the break, we're going to be talking with uh, the Cashel head coach, Ray Maloney. So we'll be back with Ray after these. And you're very welcome back to the third and final part of Across the Line here on Tip FM. Myself, Paul Carroll, on this Friday, December the 15th, 2023. Now we're going to continue our look ahead to tomorrow's game between Cashel and Nina Ormond in Division 2A of the AIL. We heard from the Nina contingent from Tommy Moylan before the break. But now let's have a look at how Cashel are getting on. And I'm delighted to say I'm joined on the line by Cashel head coach Ray Maloney. Ray, you're very welcome to the show. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to have you on, Ray. Really looking forward to this game on Saturday. It's uh, really building up to be a special occasion with both teams in such good form and both at the top of the table. Yourselves, um, seven wins from eight. The only defeat was was on the first day. So seven wins uh, from se- from your last seven games. There must be a huge amount of kind of momentum building up around the squad at the minute. There is, yeah. It, like It's momentum, but you know what? There's more of a confidence coming in now because... I came in, this is my first year in here, and coming in, there was a lot of um, bodies leaving for, for different reasons, whether it was going to traveling and retiring, whatever else it was. And there was that little bit of uncertainty in around the place. And I think our first game, there was a little bit of that also. But now it's just, as I said, it's the group that I have, we're just learning every week. We're taking something out of each game. We're winning, but we're still learning. That's the biggest thing about it, I think. Yeah, and like the, the kind of the manner of the victories has been very impressive in terms of you've 31 points, you've plus 97 points difference for after your eight games. But even like last week against Old Crescent, uh, maybe didn't get it all your own way in the first half, but out, came, out she came in the second half and kind of put them to bed. So it's kind of hard fought and it must be kind of nice as a, as a head coach watching on for, for those kind of victories as well. Yeah, it is. It's one of them kind of victories of like the lads are not getting worried about um, if we lose a few points or they get a few scores ahead of us. There's no one worrying. Everyone is just going back about their jobs. The lads know what, what we're expected, what they're expected, and they're all comfortable in how we're playing. So, again, that kind of shows when you go into the second half, we keep pl- plugging away, keep plugging away, and, and we get the result. Yeah, and... Uh, you've been getting plenty of them in the last uh, couple of months, but um, I suppose that the squad finished fifth last year, just missed out in the playoffs. But this year, similar to Nina, it's been much more kind of not straightforward, but much more winning for both teams. But from a casual point of view, has has anything changed? I know you said you, you've come in this year, but in terms of uh, maybe the mindset of the players or the playing personnel in general, what has kind of changed from from last year to this year that has seen this kind of um, kind of explosion in form? Um, listen, that's a hard one for me to, to kind of answer in terms of, like, I wasn't there last year, I was somewhere else. But if you look back on, on Cashel previous maybe 10 seasons, they've always been there and thereabouts. Mm. So I, I don't think a lot has changed. I think, yeah, we're getting results. We're coming out the right side of them. But in terms of of uh, of what has changed, it's very hard for me to put my finger on it. But, like, we've got a few guys in that really bought into the how we want to play. We, we kind of looked at it and we play a little bit different than previous years, let's say, but 
again, I just think it's the group of players we have. Such a young group. They've been knocking around and they really want to go to the next level. So I think it's just more about the playing group itself and, and where they want to go more so than, I'd, I'd say, any changes we've kind of made coming in. Yeah, and, and when you did come in, uh, did anything kind of surprise you or, or anything like that? Or what was your kind of first impressions of, of the squad? And has anything changed kind of as the as the season has gone on? Um, this is, this is kind of, like not a lot, not a lot has changed. I didn't think there were as as good um, good guys, let's say, rugby players as when I went in. I could see they're very skillful. All this kind of stuff they kind of played a little bit different than I I would like them to play. But in terms of of commitment and stuff like their commitment level, some of the lads are travelling from Cork, some of them are travelling from Dublin, Limerick, and this is on a Tuesday and a Thursday night. Like the commitment levels are just. It's it's hard come by now. Yeah, yeah, and and like it's something in AIL rugby. Like from from the outside looking in, it is a big commitment in terms of even if players are coming from from further away just for training. But even on the weekends, he could be up in Belfast and he could be anywhere around the country on a weekend. So so it is a big commitment, massive commitment. Like mass. Like I was I was in previous jobs in in Navin and we had the same problem uh, getting lads out of Dublin. But as I say, travelling from Dublin is two hours down, two hours back up, and to do it on a Tuesday on a regular. And that's not coming from me putting pressure on them. That's just them themselves wanting to play for the club. So I think the club have something really good going in terms of the homegrown players that want to keep playing with them. Like they, an easy option for them is go to a club in Dublin, but they don't do it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a it's a really well run club, and uh, it's great to see um, kind of the the results so far this year. But it's Nina this weekend at home in Spafield. I'm I'm sure you've been filled in on the on the rivalry between the the two Tipperary clubs here ahead of Saturday. Yeah, and and that's it. Like, listen, I'm I'm a Tipperary man myself. I'm from Ross Grace. I'm not far away from it all. Um, like looking at looking at the game Saturday. Yeah, it's a big game first and second. But for me, it's it's more about the bigger picture of it's only round nine. We have another nine rounds to go. Like if this was last game of the season to get promoted or or get into playoffs, whatever it is, then I think it's a bigger one for for like coaching point of view. But it's still only round nine, it's still very early in the season. I've been around AIL for long enough to know now. First half of the season is really good, but it's all got to do with the second half of the season. Yeah, exactly. And uh, looking at at Nina, I'm sure you've probably maybe been able to see a couple of games or things like that. What what kind of uh, impressed you about them this year? Because similar enough to yourselves, they've kind of pushed on to to a new level themselves this year compared with last. Yeah, but like if you look at them last year, they just about won a, a Munster Senior Cup. This this group of players and Nina, because again, as I, as I mentioned, I was up in Navin for a few seasons before this. So we would have played them and. They're in a big, they're in a way different place than we are in terms of like this this group that's playing with Nina. They've been there for maybe three years now, whereas we're just coming in. I'm I'm changed as head coach, so we're in a bit different phase than than Nina. But again, they're a very, they're they're like similar enough to us. They're they're big, they're strong, and and they work hard for each other. Yeah, and they're going down to Spafields, down to your home place, and. Um, I know Nina won in Cashel last year, which was a a, a, a rarity, really, because Cashel seemed to have a, a very good record, especially against Nina Ormond down there at home. What is it about Spafield, really, that kind of uh, makes it a bit of a, a fortress for you? Oh, Lord. Um, I, I could t- I talk from both sides of it now because I've played down there a few times. Yeah. Um, but no, it's just, it's, again, it's just them lads that have, that have so much... Um, commitment of them and everything about it they want it to be not a nice place to come to work really hard for each other and it's just probably it's it's that work rate the lads give it like they just don't die so it's very hard to come down and beat us because of the fact of they keep going they get off the ground they make their tackles they're just very work work like 
um, commitment. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. And like looking at the the results and things like that, both of these teams are well able to score. But on the other end, both of these teams have very good, very good in defence and don't give up a lot of scores. So, what do you kind of expect? In what way do you think this game is gonna gonna play out um, uh, come Saturday? I think there'll be scores. I think if if you're there, there's gonna be big contact. Two big, two big uh, group of players coming together. I think it'll be all be very much front up at the start. I reckon, and then like there will be like there's so many contacts and there's gonna be such a big hype around it. There will be scores. I I, I don't know that without about that at all. Yeah, no, it's one that's, uh, even for, for the neutral, it's going to be a very good occasion uh, come Saturday. But after this, then you've the four-week break until uh, the second half of the season gets underway where you'll have to travel up to Nina. How do you kind of manage that that four-week break? I'm sure there's probably kind of tired bodies after the first half uh, of the season, but what way do you kind of plan that out as a manager for, for the four-week gap? Yeah, it's, it's tricky enough. Again, I, I'm lucky enough because, as I say, I'm going to have to come in. We have a good group in there, and I've chatted to them, and... We've decided on giving them a bit of time off, but we don't want to go too long without a session. It's not going to be hammering them. They all have to enjoy themselves. They have jobs at the end of the day, so Christmas time has to be spent spent relaxing and, and recharging. But again, them lads made a plan themselves, so it, really it's up to them. Yeah, no, and uh, I'm sure it would be a nice way to head into the Christmas uh, off the back of a win and um, could put you level uh, on points with Nina, depending on how it plays out. But um, listen, Ray, I'm very much thankful for you coming on the show and uh, very best of luck to, to yourselves over the weekend. Nice one. Cheers. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for having me. And many thanks there. That was Ray Maloney from the Cashel Rugby Club, the head coach of the Cashel uh, senior men's rugby team who play Nina Ormond tomorrow in Spafield in Cashel at half past two. And a reminder, the game is live here on Tip FM with thanks to Davern's Bar and Kitchen Main Street Cashel. Stephen Gleeson, Pat O'Donoghue and Tommy Moylan will be calling the action for that one. Uh, as we said at the start of the show, as always nearly in Tipperary, there's plenty of uh, Gaelic games and sport in general happening around the county. We'll start with Gaelic games. Uh, the games to look out for this weekend on Saturday with the County Minor B football final. That's uh, my Karki Burris against Killinall. That is on in Gartenhu tomorrow at half past two. Then on Sunday, it's a very busy day of sport uh, of Gaelic games in uh, the Premier County on Sunday. Feathertown Park, the double header of South Under-21 hurling finals. The B final is first up, Killinall versus Maul Rovers at 12. Then at two o'clock, it's Carrick Swan against St. Mary's. That's in the A final, the West A final in the Under-21 hurling sees uh, Clonalty Rossmore against Kappa White Gales. That's on Sunday at 12 in Kilcommon. And uh, the first of the Under-21B hurling semi-finals is also on. This is the county championship. Uh, North champions Silvermines, they take on West champions Galtee Rovers. That one is on Sunday at 1.30pm in Kappa White. And then uh, both of this year's Minor A football semi-finals are also on Sunday. You've Arvale Rovers against Mine Temple Tuohy in Cashel at half past 12. And uh, Feathered against J.K. Brackens. That's in Littleton at half past two on Sunday. So as always, the Gaelic game season doesn't really seem to end at all. And uh, we've always something to talk about, something to look forward to, and uh, plenty to go to on a Sunday afternoon. Also in the world of soccer, Peak Villa have a massive game on Sunday. This one is at two o'clock uh, in Thurles in the Tower Grounds. Peak Villa against Villa FC of Waterford. This is the Munster Champions Cup uh, semi-final. So a big game there for Peak Villa and a chance to get into a big uh, Munster final there. So we wish them all the very best of luck. So that pretty much uh, sums up some of the fixtures that are happening over the weekend. This time of a Friday evening, though, it's time to talk dogs with Barry Drake. Tip FM's Greyhound Update in association with Greyhound Racing Ireland. Because this runs deep. 
So we have another great weekend of racing action to look forward to, of course. Uh, tracks all over the country, certainly really busy uh, once again this time of the year, of course, uh, where people are enjoying um, their Christmas nights out at the uh, various tracks all over the country, and um, which is always, of course, uh, great to see a fantastic night of entertainment. And uh, we're looking ahead to this weekend's racing action. We're going to start with uh, Clonmel. Uh, tonight, of course, they'll get uh, off there at around 7.30. And one that has caught my eye in recent outings will certainly be winning races going forward is Wilderness Smoke, who lines up in trap number three in the fourth of the night. It's owned and trained by uh, Thomas Drohan in Clanmel. And it's been out of luck in a couple of starts to date, but certainly has the pace um, to get its head in front tonight. And I think that's one that could deliver a big performance down there in Clonmel, of course. They had a great uh, morning in Clonmel this morning with their uh, Greyhound sales. There was plenty of top-class trackers um, in action there this morning, of course. Big work went on there from the track to make that happen. Uh, so well done uh, to all involved. Switching our attentions to um, Turles on Saturday night, we have the Mickey O'Sullivan Memorial a2525 which is a nice competition uh, with 1250 euros uh, to the winner of that and uh, one that caught my eye in race number 11 is a greyhound called Wizard no stranger to big performances in his racing career he's won 14 times for owner Gary Pepper and uh, local trainer Parry Campion it's dropped down the grades in, in recent weeks and I think a big performance is expected there in Turles on Saturday night Back to racing action in Clanmel on Sunday night, getting underway there at around 7.30. Race number nine is one that stands out to me. The Navigator um, should go well. Um, it's an improving youngster, 28.86 winner two runs ago, owned by Dennis DeWire in Cashel. I think that one will certainly be in the mix. Also keep an eye on trap number uh, four. Rat Cool Casey for the Parachute Syndicate in Syndicate. That was a nice winner last time and winning in 28 96 and I think both will battle it out there in that event uh, switching our attentions to um, Clanmel or sorry I should say a Tralee of course uh, we've ran through the two meetings at Clamel this weekend but big racing down in the Kingdom Greyhound Stadium uh, tonight it's the semi-finals of the 2023 Eric Brown Memorial Kingdom Derby and plenty of uh, Tipperary interest uh, we'll start with the opening semi-final Road Exile is the sole Tipperary um, runner here, of course, for um, Pat uh, Buckley, of course. And uh, this one um, had ran well in the opening round, third on that occasion, of course. Liam Dowling has a strong hand here with Bally McFinn, the laddie there, and Bally McWalt. And in fact, of course, Pat Buckley is doubly represented with the Gander Pen who runs from trap number five. But I think Road Exile is his best chance of uh, progress there. I'm going to go with Bally McWalt uh, to win there for the home team. But on to the second uh, semi-final and we have to talk about Dale Road Duke who's owned down in the kingdom by Thomas O'Keefe but it's trained in Tipperary by Patrick Gilfoyle and he delivered a sensational track record winning performance when winning in 27-92 last week he's going to be all the rage there in that second semi-final but the Kappa White trainer uh, Pat Buckley of course doubly represented with two Bob Slacid and three super fast Gordon well he certainly is well named owned by Eamon Doyle and Mark Hatton down in Enniscorthy. Super fast Gordon really caught my eye when winning in 28-18 last week. Another big performance is on the cards, but it will be hard to beat Dale Road Duke. But don't be surprised if super fast Gordon uh, gets the job done there 
because he's only a December puppy and as I said he's a really really exciting greyhound switching our attentions finally down to Curraheen Park in Cork on Saturday night where the big man himself will be in attendance that's sure to attract a bumper crowd it's Christmas night at Curraheen Park and Santa Claus of course is making the trip to Cork he's going to be a big hit on the doubt on the night no doubt and we also have the elite contracting open 575 5000 euros to the winner Golden Base trainer Graham Holland is represented with Swords Fudge um, in the second semi-final. And also Nomadic Diva running from trap number six. So the champion trainer has two chances in that. But Troopy's Woonstaff will be hard to beat there. Uh, for local trainer um, Johnny Linehan back to the opening semi-final Laurel's runner-up Easy Razzle will be the big local runner uh, for trainer John Linehan but Gay Time Hugo trained in Golden and County Tipperary by uh, champion trainer Graham Holland I think Gay Time Hugo is the one to beat there in that race 30-73 when winning uh, last time owned in Cork by Stephanie O'Connell but as I said Graham Holland has enjoyed a year to remember in the world of Greyhound racing and he's chasing a couple of big prizes as well uh, before we come to another um, spectacular year of Greyhound racing on what was a massive success. So keep an eye on Gaytime Hugo in Cork on Saturday night. And many thanks to Barry Drake there for giving us a comprehensive as always rundown on all things happening in the world of greyhound racing both here in County Tipperary and further afield as well. And that pretty much uh, sums up everything we've got on tonight's show. Many thanks to all my guests. Of course we looked ahead to the World Darts Championship with Barton DeWitt earlier in the show and then we looked ahead to tomorrow's big game which is live here on Tip FM. Nina Ormond versus Cashel. We looked ahead to that with Nina Ormond's Tommy Moylan and Cashel's Ray Maloney and uh, of course we just heard from Barry Drake there. So if you want to listen back to any of uh, this week's show it's going to be on the Tip FM SoundCloud in the next half an hour so keep an eye out on the uh, Tip FM social media platforms and uh, the Tip FM website you will get the link there to listen to this back if you're just tuning in late but yeah as I said I'm off to London this weekend over to the World Arts Championship very much can't wait for that I'll try and get as much uh, content as possible uh, that we can play out on air as well from the show so plenty to look forward to even next week but have a very good weekend lots of sport happening and uh, I will catch up with you all next week bye for now